load. This is Steve Dace. The Steve Dace Show. And greetings. Happy Thursday. It is part one of our two-part end-of-the-year special Merry Christmas and Happy New Year to all of you here on Blaze TV, radio, and podcast. I'm Steve Dace Totters, and Aaron McIntyre and our good friend Shannon Joy is here with us as well. We will tell you why in a moment. Over the next two days, we are going to be looking back at the year that was in 2019. Tomorrow, it's the top 10 news stories of the year. We look back at the crystal ball I put out one year ago to see how accurate it was. We'll have our final feedback Friday as we conclude our year in review. But before we get to all of that, first, it's time for a tradition unlike any other. Our year-end day group. Our special two-part end-of-the-year episode of the Steve Dace Program brought to you by our good friends at Relief Factor. If you are struggling with chronic pain from too much inflammation in the body, relief could just be one website away. When you go to relieffactor.com and get the three-week quick start, I know, I was dubious as well. Could it really work that well? And then earlier this year, I was urged to give it a go. I tried the three-week quick start as well, and it's been a part of my daily regimen Ever since. I couldn't recommend it any higher. And what I love the most about it, you're going to get good results from a lot of products on the market right now. That's why they sell. But what makes this one unique is the way you get those results. It's physician created. So these are doctors who could prescribe drugs. But it's 100% drug-free. Four key, all-natural ingredients. They understand your body is more than a machine. It's a created living organism. And with the right inputs, you tend to get better outputs. And that's what Relief Factor is all about. And they're urging you, call their bluff. They're so confident in this product, they want to give it to you way below cost for a dollar a day for three weeks. What do you have to lose? For 20 bucks for three weeks, except maybe finally and hopefully the pain. Get the three-week quick start at relieffactor.com. That's relieffactor.com. All right, folks. Are we ready to go to look back at the year that was? This is always one of my favorite episodes every single year. It's just two hours that goes by like that. It does. All right. Let's begin. This is going to be rapid fire. So if you're watching on Blaze TV or listening today via the podcast or the radio, do try and keep up. Let us begin. Aaron, your biggest winner of the year. It would be Insanity. Insanity was the biggest winner this year, and it proved over and over and over again uh, in the montage every day. You know, I um, if I were a drinking man, I would have probably had no liver by the end of this year. <laughs> uh, so Insanity on, on every single front, on, uh, on every front. Insanity was the winner. Insanity wins. Shannon, your biggest winner this year. I'm going to go with President Jarvanka. So uh, Jared and Ivanka Trump have been huge winners this year. From a policy perspective, the First Step Act, they have had a lot of influence, especially Jared, in terms of foreign policy regarding Saudi Arabia. They have made headway on paid family leave and the Affordable Daycare Act. And it's interesting. Um, They have, in an amazing way, been able to escape any scrutiny. They haven't suffered any political um, 
uh, baggage regarding President Trump. They're still firmly set in elite political circles. They've made inroads with Democrats and Republicans. So biggest winner of the year for sure. And they've probably made gobs of money this year, too. So President Jarvanka. Jarvanka. What do you think, Todd? Your biggest winner. Well, if we base this on ultimate things and we talk about revival or bust, and listen, I'm betting on the come on this, uh, trust but verify, but I think it's Kanye West, both personally and in terms of just being uh, perhaps the closest thing to a genuine prophet we've had in quite some time. I mean, the man is walking the earth like Cain from Kung Fu and making a difference. (laughs) Uh, So I think it's him. Uh, Those are all good. I'm going to go. I started off cynical. So maybe cynicism should be my winner of the year. But I got to go with those media buyers and and sellers in the Democratic presidential field. The amount of money all these candidates are raising me. Amy Klobuchar is running an ad schedule to get 4% in Iowa right now. And and Tom Steyer, who's a built-in billionaire, so he doesn't need to raise money. But Amy Klobuchar has raised enough money to run the uh, the sort of television ad schedule that only like four of the 25 Republican candidates had the money to run this last go around. I mean, it's crazy it, the amount of money they're raising. We saw this in all these special elections, the amount of money these Democrats raise. Um, and now you've got not one, but two billionaires with money just to light on fire. There's a lot of wonderful winter solstices happening amongst the homes of our friends on the left this most wonderful time of the year. Back to you, Todd, your biggest loser. Well, this is the uh, flip side of Kanye. Again, about ultimate things. Uh, Chick-fil-A. Um, nice movie, saw. I hope that pot of porridge you got. Cool, cool integrity, bro. Yeah, is, 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 is tasty. <laughs> I mean, to, to just light yourself on fire like that, and for what? For what, indeed. What? You know what? I, let me think. Of, I, you inspired a phrase. Tell me if you've ever heard this one before. If not, I should I should coin this one. What good does it gain a man to gain and proffer the whole world, but lose his own soul in yeah. the process? You mean something like along those lines? A little bit. Hmm. Shannon, your biggest loser. My biggest loser is the Republican Party. Um, they're having a real time, I, I think, struggling with some of the policies and some of the ideas coming out of the Trump administration. It's making them very confused in their messaging. And we're seeing mass exodus, not only uh, Republican senators and congressmen retiring this year federally at the you know at the national level, but also at the state level. Here in New York, it's a, it's a bloodbath. I mean, we're having senators, members of assembly just exit the party. It's like they're taking their checkers and going home. So I think that the Republican Party is going to continue to have a lot of trouble uh, managing to keep their messaging and keep that focus while in the Trump era. I go back to the 2016 election when I was part of Never Trump. And and what was funny is a lot of Never Trumpers were Never Trump because they thought the election of Donald Trump or the nomination of Donald Trump would support or would, would destroy the Republican Party. And I actually thought that was one of the chief selling points for me to come off of that position, actually. I, I was like, well, I mean, are, are, you, are you trying to sell me to stay here with hang out with you guys? You know, you used to be on those conference calls with Bill Kristol and he'd talk about how Trump's nomination was going to destroy the Republican Party. I'm like, do you guys you guys want me on this call or I might be on the wrong team here because I'm 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 here for the destruction of the Republican Party. I'm I'm okay with that. Aaron. Um, I don't want to, these are not cop-outs with general answers, so I'll give specific reasonings. But the biggest loser of the year this year was justice. You you look at, you look back at all of of the major stories here where there is a culprit who had no 
had no repercussions for their actions. I think back on Jussie Smollett, no, absolutely no repercussions other than a little bit of uh, a little bit of community. Yeah, this year service. was so crazy, I forgot about that, and yeah. he's not even one of my answers. Yeah, uh, Jussie Smollett. Uh, you look back at, um, you know. What happened with Epstein? Uh, that's another thing as well. Uh, there's the entire entirety of the deep state that I don't know who's going to jail for what now. I don't think anybody is uh, for the most part. I mean, just answer after answer after answer. There's reason after reason after reason why justice was the biggest loser this well, year. You guys are on fire so far. Those are all good answers. My biggest loser, lock her up and drain the swamp. My biggest loser. Yep. Michael Cohen reported for prison in May. Roger Stone was sentenced to prison in November. Paul Manafort was sentenced to another 47 months of prison back in March. Meanwhile, Hillary continues to send emails. Those responsible for the Kavanaugh scam, the Russian collusion scam, uh, and the killing of Jeffrey Epstein all remain at large. So it's similar to, to yours, yeah. Aaron. It seems like the only people that are really being locked up here in the Trump era are actually Trump's friends. Um, and the only building being drained right now appears to be Trump Tower. All right, so I'm going to go with uh, Locker Up and, and Drain the Swamp as my biggest losers. Shannon, to you, who is the best politician of 2019? I think my answer was President Donald Trump last year, and I think I'm going to make it President Donald Trump again this year. Uh, as a politician, he is, um, it's, a, it's a sight to behold. I mean, he's able to escape. Uh, any major scrutiny. He's able to navigate the political waters, the media waters. He's able to turn this impeachment uh, story on its head. And he just comes out smelling like roses in every situation. And in addition, he's he's which what's even more amazing to me is his ability to fundamentally transform the principles and the, the core values and beliefs of the entire Republican Party and the conservative movement. Uh, he has conservative media wrapped around his finger. He has liberal media having hysterics uh, and, and falling apart. And it's just, it's masterful to watch. Now, uh, I don't know if that's a good thing. I don't think it's a good thing. But as a politician, President Trump, 100%. So basically, Lex Luthor is president. Todd. I have severe recency bias on this, but it's Boris Johnson. I mean, that was just... Nailed it. Know, know the moment. Know your people. Uh, understand uh, messaging on multiple levels. Like I said, he's got both the new and the old thing going down. To have that kind of uh, uh, electoral swing that we d talked about uh, earlier um, uh, 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 in the uh, the month, just brilliant. I Can I push back on that a little bit? Sure. I know why you're saying that, but is your answer symptomatic of how low our standards have gotten for politicians that essentially you are you're 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 waving palm branches at boris johnson for being born on third and credited with a triple and just being willing to take the base when it was offered to him right i mean they, this was an election that was already won this was something the people already wanted his party just didn't want to give it to him and in the final couple of weeks of the election he just decided why don't I hit the ball off the tee that's right hanging the curveball hanging over the it, plate? Isn't your whole career begging politicians and the right to do right, that and they right. don't? So yeah, this guy figured it out. I, so 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 hate the game, not the our, player, brother. The I, I hear you. So I, what you're saying is our standards have sunk so low. We're so used to being effed every which way but loose by these guys that now 
just straight up what we used to call straight up pandering 10, 15, 20 years ago, that makes you the best politician of the year. It, yeah, it's a low bar. All right. Okay. As long as we're acknowledging that, then I'm totally fine with it. Aaron. Uh, to me, the best politician is Chip Roy. I, I think he represents everything that Washington hates about people like us, and he's actually actually there. So the longer he is there, the more he will be hated, and I love that. I went with Attorney General Bill Barr. Um, he may have saved the Trump presidency, or at the very least, I think he convinced Donald Trump that he did. <laughs> at the very least, um, he outmaneuvered the Mueller probe and report. He unabashedly gives culture war speeches without doing anything about it, and then can, then convinces Trump to keep surrendering to the courts whenever Trump's con- whenever Trump considers going rogue. Uh, to me, I, I thought Bill Barr wasn't just the best politician of 2019. I thought he was absolutely the most powerful one as well. Let's go to you, Aaron. The most defining political moment. The emergency, not emergency de- uh, declaration on the border. I think that summed up everything about uh, t- the administration's policy this year, where it was, yes, this is an emergency. We're going to do something about it. And then nothing, nothing was done. And as Daniel Horowitz uh, pointed out earlier this week on the show, um, apprehensions at the border are actually down this year, despite the crisis. That's bad, guys. I don't think I need to say that, but I am. That's really bad. So that set the precedent really, really early on in this year about what this was going to be. You'll hear something about Trump is going to do this. He's going to divide the courts here. And then nothing happens. Most defining political moment, Todd? Uh, The release of the Mueller report. I think uh, it it firmly established what we are still doing right now. The the fact, and our hunches were in in this room were... uh, there all along on this front but the the fact that there's just no there there and 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 that that's but that's yet all the democrats have because they can't run on their issues they they just have to keep making this up that firmly established whatever doubt all of us had like you know do i have a hard time believing a guy like trump could be dirty it just uh, for ourselves and a lot of people we just realized that this is just this is the scam shannon your most defining political moment for me, the most defining political moment was the suicide, uh, the so-called suicide of Jeffrey Epstein. And the fact that the most famous criminal on in the United States of America housed in a federal prison while President Trump and Bill Barr are in control of the White House and the federal government, the idea that, uh, you know, they could allow the murder or the, you know, the quote suicide of Jeffrey Epstein to happen right in front of our faces with, I mean, it just the bold F you middle finger, right? You know, everyone knew that it wasn't uh, suicide really for me, just solidified the fact that they are brazen in their power. It is obvious um, that they are willing to do anything, that the parties are working together in tandem, whether it's a Democrat administration or a Republican administration. And just the level, the level of corruption, uh, the fact that Epstein was involved with high, high level Republicans and Democrats, uh, Alexander Acosta from Florida, who was appointed by President um, Trump, Bill Barr, whose father gave Jeffrey Epstein his start, uh, Democrats. Uh, I mean, just the I think the insidious evil that is permeating throughout both political party parties at high levels as as established by Jeffrey Epstein, I think for me was one of the most um, substantial political moments. 
I really wrestled with whether to go with the one you went with or the one that 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 Shannon uh, articulated, and then ultimately, because I'm going to have the, what what you said, Shannon, and a few other places uh, yeah, as right. we as we proceed here. But I'm, I'm, that was a breaking point for me. I mean, I, I I am openly talking out loud now in ways I would have never envisioned. Uh, you know, talking like this about stories like this in the past. I I thought I had given up. Um, you know, my yearn for conspiracy when I exited my JFK assassination phase, uh, in my, in my mid to late twenties, but no, this has, uh, this has definitely rekindled it. And I, I couldn't, I couldn't say, add anything to what you just said other than amen. But I, I, I decided to go with the release of the Mueller report. Well, more specifically Bill Barr's, cause I want to tie this into the answer I gave before Bill Barr's summary of the Mueller report. Uh, which included the words, no evidence of Russian collusion. That summary, to me, um, that, that I think that happened around March 31st or something around is when that happened. That set the stage for really every event that we have seen take place politically other than you know, the, the, the suicide of Jeffrey Epstein. But every other domestic political um, episode we have witnessed, almost every talking point we've endured, began and and comes from that very moment and your thoughts on it and what both parties did with it to me i think that was the mustard seed that that 2019 politics were defined by shannon who was your biggest traitor this year this year for me it was mike lee and part of that is because I had established him at such a high level on a pedestal in my mind in terms of a constitutional conservative warrior. And uh, really his, the duplicity with which he uh, was able to, to promote and create and craft and then help pass the First Step Act, which is massive criminal justice reform, which will actually have uh, ramifications across the country that we can't even fathom at this point. There have been hundreds of copycat bills that are mimicking the First Step Act across the United States of America and at the state level, initiatives and policies. And just the the absolute 180 that the Republican Party and the conservative movement have done on criminal justice reform. Uh, number one, it's going to affect so many people. Number two, uh, it's it, it really, I mean, to have someone with like Mike Lee, the op-ed that he wrote promoting it, the, the you know, getting in bed with George Soros and liberal progressive Democrats to get this thing passed, the amount of lies that they put out about that bill in order to shove it through, really just uh, for me, Mike Lee, biggest traitor 100 mm. percent Aaron biggest traitor uh white suburbanites um specifically white milk toast Christian suburbanites um I there have just so been Pete Buttigieg's base yeah 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 the people in your own neighborhood who are going to be the first ones to tisk tisk um sorry you said that marriage is between one man and a, w- a woman but this concentration camp is is really going to help you out and it's it's for the greater good it'll be for your own good of course yeah. yes of course Todd. It's the bureaucrats and the journalists who in combination form the deep state. They are they are the front lines of the anti-revolution. It's Chick-fil-A for me. And it's it's also arguably the the, the dumbest act of, of treachery in, in American history. I, I can't think of a of a dumber betrayal than winning 
and then surrendering. I, I, I have struggled to come up with an analogy for this. The best I have is imagine if, if after we drop the A-bombs on Nagasaki and Hiroshima and, and you know, they're on the, uh, they're on the, the, uh, the deck of the USS Missouri, uh, the Japs are signing the surrender papers. Like imagine if like two years later, MacArthur comes back on the USS Missouri back into the to- Tokyo Harbor and, and says, you know, reconsider this thing and we're kind of down with Hirohito. So we're going to, we're going to surrender to you guys. After I, I, I just, I, it is, it's mind numbing to me and your analysis of, of what happened ultimately I think is spot on and right on the money. But the fact that, you know, I've seen men do what you're talking about in that situation for, you know, foisted into a position that they were willing to ride the lightning there when it was going in their direction. But then the minute that they felt any trade winds or they, the minute they had to hold up that momentum on their own, they, they wanted to jump off. But I've, I've never really seen somebody with as much of a profit incentive to, to not do it, do it. Normally when you have the profit incentive to sell out, and we all we all understand that we have empathy for it because we're human beings too. We don't approve of it, but right? We, I mean, that, we can all walk a mile in shoes like that. We, have we looked the other way to keep a job or to keep a relationship? In this case, you have conquered all of the nine realms, <laughs> and and then you decide, you know what, man? This hammer that helped me do it is just getting too damn heavy to hang around. I'm gonna just you know set this thing down and let somebody far less worthy grab it from here. I, I, you know, that is absolute spirit of the age end times. And you guys know, I am not Mr. Pre dispensate, pre mill dispensationalist around here, but that is end times kind of stuff. That is, you can't, you cannot logically explain that with just to me, with just normal human behavior. That's creepy is what it is. Most boring, Todd. Adam Schiff. Uh, I mean, he's just a perfect patsy for all the uh, impeachment nonsense. I mean, it, it, it is like if conservative media got together, yeah, and 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 made a deal with the devil, and out of a witch's coven, we were able to brew up, you know, our own, uh, you know, uh, perfect foil for something like this. Wouldn't it come out looking and sounding like him? Oh yeah. And even his side though, they, you know, his side, they know they have to do this, but no one wants to run point on this. So like they just, he's just their little toady. He's, and he wants to be so badly. You can tell. You know, what's interesting is, you know, we talked about this months ago when, when Amash came out with his like itemized reasons to support impeachment and, and leave the GOP. That, that's just tells you then that they really weren't serious about this, but they were padding. Now that we look back on it, we should have recognized that was the moment where it was clear they were really just patting their base on the head and they weren't serious. Because if they were serious about it, you you have a guy who who's a Republican. You use him as essentially your human shield ghetto pass, right? To say, hey, this isn't a partisan effort. You go with his exact talking points and you adjudicate them. And you keep using him as your foil against you know, pro-Trump partisanship, right? You, you make him the John Dean of this effort. Instead, they disregarded all of the points that he made. And they, and, and months later, they, they made impeachment about a 27 minute call to the Ukraine. None of their witnesses actually heard. Cool impeachment, bro. Aaron, you're most boring. Uh, most boring, the Democrat debates. I think uh, other than, you know, speaking in Spanish tongues for the first uh, few of them, uh, it, it's been pretty boring. 
It's it's honestly been really really boring. Uh, there's just not a whole lot of, or maybe I'm just desensitized. The Rainbow Jihad yeah. one was lit as the Gatson Mall, bro. That's true. That's true. But the rest of them, you're kind of right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Shannon, I have to go with Megan Rapino and the whole Me Too hashtag Me Too movement. Um, partly because soccer is just boring and preach, sis. She's on a roll. She's on a roll. Keep it going, sister. You're on a roll. Women's soccer is even more boring and she's just, she's boring. Her shtick is boring. Everything she says is boring. She dresses terribly and her hair is terrible. Throw that in for good measure. I love it. I love it. And your fashion sense sucks. All right. Do your hair, please. It looks ridiculous. I like it just, I'm just (laughs) so bored by Megan Rapinoe. I can't, like I have to turn it off the second she comes on. So yeah, for me, old Meg. My very first ever writing assignment in my whole career, the Des Moines Register wanted me to do a five-state analysis of high school track and field meets. And I told, okay. them the, I told them the only thing more boring than track is field, okay? The only thing more boring than soccer, social justice warrior soccer. Yes. Aaron? Yeah, for me, uh, well, I think we already did my, my most boring, the Democrat debates. Oh, you just I wanted... Just- Oh, you're telling me it was five minutes. Five minutes, yeah. Okay, I got you. My bad. Okay, my bad. That's all right. All right. You know me. I like. I, I don't do smoke signals and 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 really anything else. Well, um, my most boring. I, I'm. You know where Shannon just articulated she is with Megan Rapino is where I am with Bernie Sanders. I, I just. He just bores me. I know what he's going to say, and how he's going to say it, every single time. Okay, and it's just a matter of do you get do you get one hand in the air like you're a true player. Or to get two hands in the air like you're a true Khrushchev. Okay, that's 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 the only diversity here. Okay, and um, it, it's just boring to me. I, I, uh, to me, we need a better class of, of Marxist. I, I just I find him unchallenging, uncompelling, and um, weighed, measured, and found quite wanting. Let's go to most charismatic. However, Todd. Epstein's corpse. Uh. The memes that have come out of it, they continue. There's a t-shirt that just came out. It says it's beginning to look a lot like Epstein didn't kill himself. Yes. I mean, it's this will go on and on and on. Uh songs will be written. It's been beautiful. I don't you know, I don't know if the rest of us even give our answers. We will, but we won't be better than that. Yeah. I mean the the one that one of our listeners sent me one of it's a Christmas ornament with Jeffrey Epstein's face, and it says this ornament didn't hang itself. Yes. Yes. I mean, these are fun as Jim Rome would say. Phenomenal. Aaron. Marianne Williamson. Uh, This coincides with my last (laughs) answer because when she exited the debates, they got a lot less interesting because she was like, I don't know, she was like maybe a a spike of absinthe in a vat of, I I, I don't know, maybe tepid uh, Miller Lite or something like that. She was she was the she was the the flavor of the Democrats, Um, just the 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 high priestess of progressivism was so much more entertaining when she was in those debates. That's that's a good Good point too. Yes. Shannon. I have to go with Kanye West. Uh, he is, it's pretty amazing. His transformation. I, the jury is still out for me, honestly, on Kanye. I go back and forth as to whether he uh, really did have a, a true uh, conversion to Christianity versus whether this is some kind of marketing shtick. I, I, I tend to, to, hopefully go with the former, but you cannot deny the amount of charisma and the platform that he has, the way that he is able 
to connect with his audience and in so many different ways, not just with music, but also politically. I mean, you look at what he was able to do with the First Step Act, you look at the way that he's been able to begin to insert himself, not only himself, but also Kim Kardashian into the political scene and, and affect uh, you know, legislation. And so I think that Kanye West, um, for me, is most charismatic. I have the exact same answer, Shannon, as you do, uh, for all the reasons that you articulated as well. I, I think it is I think it is Kanye West too. And and I and 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 I think since Tim Tebow, he is forcing a a conversation about faith into the main in the main street pop culture. And what, you know, Tebow played at Florida. Guys, it's been like 10 years ago now is when he played at Florida. That's how long it's been. So at least in a decade. And I would argue, given the popularity of his of his music compared to, you know, even my favorite sport of college football, he's on a different pop culture astral plane than even Tim Tebow was. Uh, in terms of the platform that he comes from and how mainstream it can go. So I'm with Shannon all the way. My choice was Kanye West as well. We will come back and have more of our end-of-year Dace Group Roundtable right here on Blaze TV radio and podcast in a moment. Following the truth, no matter where it leads, the Steve Day Show. Back here live and on demand on Blaze TV radio and podcast. I'm Steve Dace, Todd Erz and Aaron McIntyre, Shannon Joy. Here with me as well, it is part one of our two-part end-of-the-year special here to close out our broadcast schedule for 2019. It is your year-end Dace Group Roundtable, and if you like what you hear here, and you wouldn't mind subscribing if you're listening today via the podcast, thank you to the thousands of you that have left us five-star reviews, because the more of those we get, the more likely we are to find people just like you. So if you've not yet submitted a five-star review for this show, and you are a podcast listener, Shame. That's something I was going to try to be nice. Sorry, about it. that's sorry. okay. Yeah, but we can go with shame. But but that would be something that we would like for Christmas. That's what you could do for us. Okay, is that is that a softer sell than me? Shame, <laughs> shame upon thee! Interrupting my boss in the middle of his uh, boilerplate reminders. Well, yes. I, I to to give you um, you know some credit, I can understand why you might assume that my pitch might be shame based. Based on past precedent, and and not necessarily one of attempting to 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 be you know have a lighter touch. I can't blame you yes. for for jumping to that conclusion, right? Yeah, softer sell and lighter touch are not amongst the options for the 2020 theme. By the way, no, yeah. no, but it is the Christmas season after all. So that is something you can all do for us for Christmas: is leave us one of those five star reviews wherever you choose to podcast from. All right, let's get back to it. All right, where'd we leave off? Bummest rap. What was the bummest rap this year, Aaron? Pete Buttigieg, because bum. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I have derailed this show single-handedly. Oh, you, my you, goodness. You had to race to the bottom, didn't you? Huh? huh? Come on. Yeah. Yeah? Todd, are you willing to get it all over you, Todd? All right. Now that that's done. Bummest rap, Erzin. I think this is easy. It's Trump. I mean, good grief. This is, I, you don't like him. Fine. He, but 
the guy is is not the the Hitler you want him so desperately to be and it's just pathetic how hard you're trying to get rid of somebody who's uh democratically uh elected in this fashion i mean a pox on your house shannon um for me it's a tie between the syrian kurds in ukraine so these are two entities that conservatives have supported for years, you know, in Syria, the Kurds, they were our allies, freedom fighters. We, I mean, for the, as long as I can remember, we have been uh, promoting them and aiding them. And in the span of literally, I mean, a month, it was, you know, the entire narrative was switched and all of a sudden they're communists, they're working with the Russians and they can't be trusted. And Ukraine, same thing. I mean, we've always defended Ukraine. We were, as conservatives, outraged uh, with the annexation of Crimea when President Obama did nothing. It was all about their liberty and their democracy and their freedom. And then all of a sudden, Ukraine is the most corrupt, the worst place in the history of the world. So I think those two entities had the the bump of crap for sure. Oh, that's good stuff. That's good. I went with that Trump is a racist and white supremacist when right now black and brown people are as well off in America as statistically they've ever been since we've been keeping these stats for the last few decades. Trump has his problems, including several of the ones that Shannon just articulated, which will come up on my uh, itinerary a little bit later on as well. But uh, the, the, the racist stuff ain't one of them. And why do I think if we last this long, whoever the next Republican president is, is also a Nazi. He's also a racist. Okay. Uh, and if you're brown or black, you're certainly better off living in Trump's America than you were in Elijah Cummings, Baltimore. Ouch. How about fairest rap, Shannon? Fairest rap, I think, would be Vladimir Putin and Russian meddling in United States elections. This is another area where I think conservative media has kind of changed the narrative where all of the sudden, uh, you know, Russia's our greatest ally, their friend, there was no Russian Russian meddling. And, you know, I think that the Mueller report, love it or hate it, what they did detail very extensively was the, the vast, vast operation that the Russians put in place in our country and even outside of our country to meddle with the outcome of our election, whether or not people think it worked or not, I think is, is fair. But even moving into the 2020 election, they have begun to ramp up that operation again. And so I think it is absolutely fair uh, to criticize Putin and to scrutinize Russia, especially as as we move through to these new elections. So I want to make sure I follow your 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 line of reasoning here, Shannon. So in 2012, when Mitt Romney warned about Russia, he was laughed at, correct? And Barack Obama and the Democrats said, that's not our problem. In fact, Barack Obama was on tape saying to Medvedev, who was Putin's stooge at that time, hey, you know, just let me win this election and then I can kind of do whatever I want. Right. That was 2012. Okay, 2016 comes and goes. The Russians handed the election to Donald Trump, beginning with a Russian bot program to pump up the alt-right. And... um, Suddenly, guys with ties to Putin who uh, who who leak our our troop deployments and get our soldiers killed are suddenly now primetime guests on Fox News. 
right? And, and, And these guys are our friends. And the Democrats now who laughed at Mitt Romney are now all concerned that Trump is only president because the Russians have a P tape that they then uh, used with the help of Glenn Simpson Fusion GPS and that one British guy whose name I can't remember uh, to to essentially put Trump in the White House and and make him uh, Putin stooge. Am I, I I'm still am I still right? Okay, okay. And then we were all upset on the right when, as Shannon pointed out, uh, Putin annexed Crimea as an act of war. Trump, in fact, attacked Obama for his weakness in making it happen. But now we we couldn't give we we give we give zero turds about uh, the rest of the Ukraine. Apparently, we only cared about the Crimean region. The rest of it, though, can go straight to hell. And the same Democrats who were really laughing at the notion that Putin was a threat now suddenly want to make Ukraine a state before Puerto Rico. Right? Am I am, am I still correct on this okay <laughs> right lovely beachfront property there is this Thanks, is this not what's been going on for the last few years correct <laughs> okay that's correct I'll, I'll just i'll just I'm taking your word for it on that yeah, all right so you guys are like just just stop you're right i will stop i'm sorry that did, was a long walk yes, baby did we uh, fairest rap did, i did shannon i got your fairest rap right Yep. Yep. Okay. Because yep. that's right. Okay. Because that took so long, I forgot. All right, Todd. Ferris Rap. Uh, the James Younger verdict. You're a boy, and we're not going to chemically castrate you. Congrats. Yeah. You know, this is where we live now. But th- that's a pretty fair rap. Todd's theme this year is the bigotry of low expectations. Exactly. Yes. He's just lo- he's working penub right now. He's buckwheat over here working penub. All right. What do you think, Aaron? Uh, Selah by Kanye West. I don't even like rap music, but holy cow, that song is amazing. There is more truth in uh, a line of that song than there is in five Pete Buttigieg rallies put together. Well, you went with rap literal. Yep. I like it like a white boy should. There you go. I went with that Joe Biden. I really believe this is my rap, so I'm, I'm going to keep singing this one. I think he could be declared legally incompetent. And I'm telling you, if he was trying with a group of investors to either maintain or hold on or, or acquire a major fortune, a publicly traded Fortune 500 company and a rival investment group took him to court on the grounds he's mentally incompetent based on the public evidence we've seen, I absolutely believe in any court in America, they'd at least get a hearing. At least a hearing. They wouldn't be summarily dismissed or dismissed with prejudice. They'd at least get a hearing. And we're talking about him potentially being the next president of the United States. Best comeback, Aaron. Sticking to sports, I mean, most... I don't watch ESPN a ton, but I do a lot more than Fox News or anything else. I couldn't watch ESPN like two or three years ago. Now it's actually watchable again. I think the opinions and the forced opinions from a lot of their hosts are kind of dumb, yeah. but it's actually watchable again. And so I think ESPN and sticking to the sports is making the best comeback this Todd, year. Todd, that's a good one. Uh, Elizabeth Warren. Uh I never thought she was going to last once she was a front runner, but the fact that she actually became a legitimate front runner, defying once you go joke, you go you're broke. Only um, one I've ever seen, but the media helped her do it. Yeah. Hey, think about it. It was at this time last year when we were recording this that she came out with the one in one thousand twenty fourth or whatever oh, genealogy wow, thing. Wow, that was a year. That ago. That was a year ago. That was a, right. That was in December of I think it was December of two thousand and eighteen when she rolled that out because she wanted to get ahead of that to announce sure. her candidacy. Shannon, best comeback. 
I think the dictators, you know, Kim Jong-un and Vladimir Putin and, you know, all of the the awesome dictators around the world are enjoying a, you know, little renaissance here where every, everyone loves them and they have. Uh, Don't forget Maduro. Don't forget him. Maduro, you yeah, know. And, that's Ocasio-Cortez's so, favorite, uh, favorite world leader. Yes. Yeah, I think I think 2019 was the year of the dictator. I went with the Washington Nationals. They started the season a horrible 24 and 33. And no, it has nothing to do with the fact that I had a 23 to one ticket on the Nats to win the World Series that cashed. It has nothing to do with that. I had or, that written down on my, and then I changed it at the last yes, second. Or, or yeah. that I chose this specifically as a vehicle by which to reset that. Not true. Although I, again, I, I can understand why I would, rese- I, I would resemble that remark. But you, first of all, you're 24 and 33. They come back, they make the playoffs. They trailed the wild card game to your Brewers, 3-1 to one in the eighth inning, come back and win there. They were down 2-1 to one in the divisional series against the Dodgers. That's a best of five. They come back to win there. Um, and including in the decisive game, they're down 3-1 to one in the eighth again. And they come back and win that game. And then they won the first their first World Series by becoming the first team to ever win the Fall Classic without winning a single home game. And you guessed it, they trailed in the seventh and decisive game of the World Series as well. That, that's an incredible run of comebacks. Most original thinker, Todd. Well, this far into the game of Western Civ, if you're the most original thinker, you're still you're standing on the shoulders of giants. And I'm going with Sorab Amari, a guy. I mean, he was known a year ago, but not to the extent he is now. And just planting his flag and running with it, his application sometimes is frustrating. But in terms of arguing the principles that need to be argued, that, that Steve, you've been begging for for years with your program. Man, he's made a, a level of headway that all of us need to be grateful for. Aaron, who's your most original thinker this year? The law firm of Hammer and Hawley. I don't know. This is a little bit of a cop out, but Josh Hammer and um, jo- uh, I, uh, yeah, Josh Hammer and uh, Josh Hawley as well. The law firm of Josh and Josh. Uh, I think they have come out with more um, more pieces, think pieces, or policy propo- proposals that buck the conventional prevailing winds of the thumb sucking class than I think any duo yeah. this year. So I think it's We're on the be, same page. Yeah. yeah. Dude, Josh Holly dropped Pelagian. Yeah. Okay. I about had a nerdgasm at that. Yep. A, a, a Senator who dropped the, the term Pelagian. It doesn't get any more Theo nerd than that. All right. Shannon, your most original thinker. So I'm going to piggyback on Aaron. Uh, Josh Hammer was on my list, but also, and I don't want to be a brown noser at all, but uh, Steve Dace and Daniel Horowitz. I think there's a little bit of a trifecta there here at the blaze of conservative thinkers who are are looking at policy and, and politics from a pretty unique angle. Steve, I like where you guys go with the Christian theology and really diving in. Um, you make me think all the time. I, I I have a very hard time. I don't watch hardly any television and I don't listen to hardly any radio because to, at this point, everything is just so boring to me. I feel like I've heard everything a million times. It's all played out. But um, the programming here on this program and, of course, Daniel Horowitz, who does an enormous amount of work and is not afraid like you guys to to call out the people in power and then Josh Hammer, too. So it was a, a threefer for me. But um, I think that the Blaze has something pretty special here. Well, thank you very much. That's very kind. And um, that also requires a thank you to the management at places like here at, at the Blaze and at the Daily Wire 
where Josh works for permitting us uh, to challenge conventional wisdom in such a way. So otherwise we would just be, you know, in a basement in our boxer briefs screaming, you know, at, a, at, yeah. at our phones, listening to a podcast, <laughs> right? Um, my most original thinker, I, I try to go original for most original thinker because you guys all had really good answers too. Especially Shannon's. I really liked hers. But um, I'm going to go with Richard Curtis. Now, if you're wondering, who is Richard Curtis? Richard Curtis is who wrote the screenplay for the movie Yesterday, okay? Which is a throwback to romantic comedies of another era uh, where they actually decide not to have sex before they get married when they're in the hotel room because it just doesn't feel right. Um, it, it, it goes back to a more innocent time. It's brilliantly and inspirationally incorporates the Beatles music and their lore into a, a modern parable about true love when he goes at the end of the movie and he finds, uh, you know, the, a 90-year-old John Lennon. And he asks him, you know, what was your... You know, I'm looking for meaning in life. What was your greatest accomplishment? And he said this greatest accomplishment was to know and uh, and love a woman. That was his greatest accomplishment, is what Lennon tells him. Not all the number one songs and everything else. All throughout this movie, every opportunity to say that there are things of existential import over materialism and fame and fortune, this movie over and over again uh, stresses the choosing of of the transcendent and uh, i thought it was one of the most original movies i've seen in the last several years and so i wanted to contrive a place you know over these two hours where i could mention it one more time and so i chose to movie. go with it right here yeah okay most stagnant thinker shannon that would be a tie between rush limbaugh and sean hannity i don't even think you have to explain that, no. I, that yeah right so basically Trump tonight, Trump tonight, yeah. Trump tonight versus Trump today. That That's really what you're talking about, right? I hear investigation, you. investigation, Russia, 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 the, the deep state. Uh, they're trying to take Trump down. We love Trump. Let's worship him. It's just come let us so, adore him. Yes. I, yeah. Mean media. The media is so mean. It's all so unfair. Liberals, Democrats. I just can't. I mean, I. Hey, do that voice again. Yeah. <laughs> Liberal, yeah. I had a librarian sounded like that. She hated me. Most stagnant thinker, Todd. Well, this is the, the flip side of Sorab. David French, if you've come to the point in your life where you say out loud in multiple columns with vigor that the price of freedom, quote, the price of freedom is drag queen story hour, you're worse than stagnant. I mean, you're just a zombie. Yikes. Okay. Aaron. Exact same answer. It's David French, and not just because I'm David French man bad, uh, which I have been on multiple occasions. If yeah. you were at the point in You this, had to give him up for uh, last I year. I did, yeah. He was driving you nuts. If you, if you are at the point where you see, and you're in this culture, and you see the onslaught of, of proxy wars for progressive, capital P progressivism, and you say, well, you know what? We can't, we, we, we can't uh, infringe upon their rights. Point of order, um, Dude, I, I can't help you. And you can't help me either. Does, does Aaron have French derangement syndrome, do you think? Probably. <laughs> I hope so. That means he's on you solid ground. So. You hope so. I'm counting on it. <laughs> I'm counting on it. I'm stoking it, in fact. I'm sending him stuff French didn't even say just to, just to <laughs> irritate him even more. All right. Um, I'm going to go with those on the right 
who apparently just now learned who Matt Drudge and Mitt Romney are. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Who, you know, I've, I've, I've been trying to tell you this since at least 2007. Okay. Um, I, I, this is, it is hilarious. I won't mention any names. No, I won't. Do I it. thought about it for a second, but I won't. Do it. But, but no, <laughs> no. Uh, but there's one individual in particular who's a fairly substantial name in our movement and industry who during the 2012 election came up to a good friend of mine at a, at a meeting in D.C. and said, hey, you're friends with Deese, aren't you? And, he, and my friend said, yeah, he goes, He's freaking killing us, man. He's going to cost us this election. We need Romney to win, you know, to, to save America. And now, nothing, has, has Mitt Romney changed? Yeah. No. Has, he, has he moved? Has he, has he, is, he, is this any different? No. This is actually the most consistent politically Romney's been in his whole career. Actually, he's been the last few years. And, and now this same individual, man, is, is like Red Rom. Red Rom, where Mitt Romney is concerned. He wants him, he wants him at least, at the very least, Viking funeraled. Okay? And now, all of a sudden, everybody's like, what, Matt Drudge is not a conservative? We, we didn't know this? I, I gotta, you know, I don't know if all these people were just willfully ignorant or just didn't want to see it. But those of you that are just now learning who these two individuals are, you're my most stagnant thinkers of the year. That's hour one. We've got one more hour to go of the year-end DACE Group Roundtable, and it's coming your way right here on Blaze TV radio and podcast. Stay tuned. Lock and load. This is Steve Dace. The Steve Day Show. Back with our number two of part one of our special year-end year-in-review Dace program. My name is Steve Dace. I had 50 different things to call this show, and I couldn't make up my mind which ones to use, so I just <laughs> used them all. <laughs> what is a Dace program? <laughs> it's... I don't know, man. I don't know, man. Uh, Todd Erzin is here, as well as Aaron McIntyre, our good friend Shannon Joy, as well. It is day one of our two-part year-end special. Tomorrow, it is your top 10 stories of the year, looking back on my 10 predictions for 2019 and more. But today, it is the Dace Group Year in Review. Folks, we've got 25 topics to get to in this final hour here on Blaze TV, radio, and podcast. You ready to rock and roll? Yeah. Let's get to it, Todd. I'll start with you. Best photo op of 2019. How dare you? Love it. Love it so much. That's a good one. Shannon. I had to go with uh, just the symbolism, uh, the the fire at Notre Dame, and uh, when all of the man-made institutions were burned to the ground and the only thing left standing was the cross, I thought it just um, illuminated so much about where we are today politically from a civilization perspective and really just going back to understanding that institutions change, uh, they're man-made, and you know, if we rest on the truth of Christ, that that really is, if we want a guide and, and we want to figure out where to go uh, in all of this and who to follow in all of this, it is the cross. So for me, it was Notre Dame. Well, I hate to do this again. I promise you I've had these typed out for more than a week. 
I have the exact same answer that Shannon has again. All right. Is that stunning right. photo of the cross glowing over the charred remains of Nor- of the uh, Notre Dame Cathedral. Look at you non-Catholics coming home. I like it. Well done. <laughs> the uh, the Stranger Things upside down version of that is my best of uh, of uh, best photo op of the year. And that is three of the four top Democrat candidates being white males for the right. flip mm. side nice. of, of Christianity, the spirit of the age progressivism that purports to lift up all uh, marginalized people groups equally and uh, shaming the white man for being, uh, I don't know, whatever, whatever the uh, whatever the uh, pejorative du jour is. Mm-hmm. Um, three of the top four candidates are white males. Enough already. What are you sick of, Aaron? Back to you. Intentionally bad takes on Twitter. You know what I'm talking about. I cannot freak. And it's mostly from my generation. It's mostly from my generation. Oh, Reese's is really bad. I don't like Lord of the Rings. Oh, um, let me let me see what else. The Beatles I can, are overrated. The Beatles are overrated. That was, that was one of Ben Shapiro's. I, I laid him up crap. for that once. I hate that. <laughs> All you want is attention. Go, go. I don't go get out more. And that's coming from me. Get outside a little bit more often. Stop looking for attention on Twitter. I hate that crap. What do you think, Todd? Antifa. I hate these punks. They need a beating. Bad. Shannon. Token hijabs. It's so annoying. I have, uh, I've been in advertising for years and I have a little ad agency. And so I watch a lot of commercials and you can't swing a dead cat without a girl in a hijab on commercials, television. SI swimsuit edition, right? Didn't they have that this year? (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. Because there's nothing like subjugating women and treating them like cattle and, and owning them and forcing them to wrap themselves up like sausages. So, yeah, right. let's go with the, the token hijab. And of course, putting a woman wearing one of those in the type of magazine that if you went to any country on earth where it was required for her to wear that and you brought that magazine with you, they'd beat you with yeah. it. Yes. That's yeah. Right. Yeah. There's That's some true. there's definitely some irony there. I, I've got I have this answer. All, every year of the Trump presidency, the ball washing of tyrants. I, I can't abide it. I can't handle it. I can't, I can't comport it. I can't deal with it. I, I just, to quote Aaron's generation, I can't even. I can't even. Um, what is uh, the worst lie of the year, Shannon? Uh, this was because of the duration, the hashtag end endless war as the justification for American pullout in northern Syria and handing the region over to Turkey. Uh, it was the idea that that number one, uh, we didn't remove a single troop from Syria. <laughs> But the entire thing was cast and was spun as ending endless war. And in the span of 30 days, we had redeployed thousands of troops back into Syria. And so I think the whole idea of ending endless war is the most brazen, at least, political lie that I've seen this year. Aaron? Uh, the worst lie, Russian collusion, as we learned uh, from the IG uh, report, which uh, shall not be named, but is right now. I mean, just... The, the countless, the countless that threads guy, of that. One guy yes. altered a form. Yes, the countless threads yeah. that we had to put up for, with for two years of that story and all of the, uh, the walls are closing in. That's the beginning of the end. All of that stuff. It was all just, I mean, there, there are tentacles of this, of people who are going to jail, like Paul Manafort, who deserved to go to jail. But the heart of that is just, it, it's, it's ridiculous. Let, let's assume everything that Amash put in his laundry list is all, we could, is true and verifiable. Let, let's, just say, let's assume that it is. Do you guys realize that if Trump had just declassified the FISA warrants 
on the, the the Monday after Mark Levin was on the Sunday shows saying my analysis of this is that they were spying on the Trump campaign. Do you realize if the very next morning at 8 a.m., if Donald Trump had just declassified the FISA warrants that we could have seen that the initial application was altered in order to fraud the FISA, the FISA court? Do you realize that he would have never, ever had to engage in like any of that activity at all? And none of this would have ever occurred. You realize that, right? I do. But it did, which is why mine is that fraudulent uh, uh, FISA application. And I put this under the heading, if they are willing to do this to the president of the United States, what do you think they're going to do to you? Shannon, your worst lie. Oh, you you went first. My bad. Um, I, I This isn't the worst lie, but I was... I was I had to find a place I had to mix this one in, okay? Because this was the worst this was the worst virtue signal of the year. Remember when the entertainment industry was going to boycott Georgia? You guys remember that? Yes. Mm-hmm. Over its uh, its pro life heartbeat bill, and then you guys do you, do you remember how many of them actually did? Can you guess? Was it a low number? It's a very low number. It doesn't get much lower. In fact, none of them, none of them uh, actually. Uh, uh, boycotted Georgia despite all the virtue signaling for the baby butchers. I, I just needed to mention that somewhere in this rundown. Todd, let's go back to you. Destined for political stardom. Giving myself a helmet sticker here, uh, Mayor Pete. Nailed it, man. Nailed it. You were definitely, you were definitely, uh, you know, on the Mayor Pete train all along. No doubt about that. Thank you. It's like it's like we can't say anything. I just, I just got that. <laughs> I wasn't that that wasn't even a joke that time. I, I I was in fact I was like I think this is safe and I was just going to move on and then no apparently I've I got, cannot. I've gotten to the point with this stuff. I kind of looking around. I don't always want to be the first person to acknowledge it because <laughs> that just makes me the most immature. So I, even if I get it, I don't always get it. And the, you know the nicest thing I can say about your anal- your analysis skills this year, Todd, is that you were not the caboose on the Mayor Pete train. <laughs> Shannon, who's destined for political stardom? I don't know. Why. I think I think she was my my answer last year. But AOC, I think um, Alexandria Ocasio Cortez is just I don't know. There's something about her that people like, and she so easily just does what she's told, and she's so charismatic about it. I just think that she's going places. And uh, out of New York, I mean, I don't know. I, I think that she's got a bright political future. At the very least, Marketable. at the very least, she's going to be the new Juan Williams. She will be the token non-white Democrat foil for Fox News for 20 years, at the very yeah. least. that that That's her floor, is, is she replaces Juan Williams on Fox. Ta- or, or Aaron. Uh, Donald Trump Jr., the instincts that he's shown, I like him or I I. You know, I'm not endorsing him, but I think the instincts that he's shown just from a political standpoint are uh, are ones that will get him a long ways, I think. In I, have, I have the same answer. I think it's Donald Trump Jr. as well. You know, I, you know, I, I don't I don't know a lot, but I, I recognize talent and potential when I see it. And he has a unique combination of talent, potential, and I give zero F's. And if you can put all of those things together. That's when you can become um, a, a major star in the process. So I, I have the same thing, the same answer you do. Uh, destined for political oblivion, Todd. Greta Thunberg. 
a poor girl, but she's a useful tool right now at the age of 16, manipulated by her parents. She's not going to be 16 forever. This is going to be sad. Aaron, back to you. Yeah, uh, it's um, it's everyone. It's like uh, I, I always say that when you're driving in a car, everyone, everyone breaks eventually. It just is a matter <laughs> of how you break. And that's the same way with uh, w- with politicians. Everyone is obl- is headed for oblivion. Eventually, it's just a matter of when and how. Shannon. I think I'm going to go with Tulsi Gabbard because um, I think trying to straddle the line uh, between within the Democratic primary, but echo some of the more conservative talking points. I think that she's just a little too smart, maybe a little too consistent to ever succeed in American politics at all. So I think uh, Tulsi Gabbard is going to be destined for oblivion. I went with woke sports. I thought woke sports took a bath in 2019. I mean, the NBA's ratings are tanking and then they face plant with the filleting of China. Um, you had woke sport publications like Deadspin just completely and totally flatlined. Um, Aaron has already mentioned what happened with ESPN, how they've changed. The NFL has as well after the baths they were taking in 2017. And I would say, except for the Nike Kaepernick relationship, where they've created kind of like their own market around him for for where, where he is the Tim Tebow of the of the social justice warrior sports set. Outside of him, this has been a miserable failure. And I wrote this and chose this before Sports Illustrated made Megan Rapino their sportswoman of the year. And then she turned around at their banquet and just defecated all over them to their face. That, to me, is kind of like the epitaph of, of woke sports. I mean, it, you know, this is how the world ends. This is how the world ends. This is how the world ends. Not with a bang, but with a rapino. I, I, that's kind of what I viewed as like the last parting shot for woke sports. Best political theater, Shannon. It has got to be the impeachment. I mean, especially right now, it's happening right in front of our eyes as we are speaking. The idea that President Trump and Nancy Pelosi despise each other so much, the amount of political rhetoric that they heave at one another on a daily basis about this impeachment process, only then to go into the back rooms with Chuck Schumer and Pelosi and Trump Mm -hmm. and hammer out these massive pieces of legislation. There's a lot happening right now in Washington, D.C. that is taking coordination and friendly coordination between President Trump, the Republicans and the Democrats. So just um, witnessing that right now, the juxtaposition between the show and what is actually happening in terms of discernible policy outcome is is masterful theater. And the fact that we all fall for it, I think, is interesting. It pays the bills. Todd? Well, at the very moment that uh, this nation's spiritual uh, gift seems to be taking for granted every single thing that made this country great, the Hong Kong protesters over there singing God Bless America, Christian hymns, the national anthem in their protest, waving flags, it's perfect. Rallying around a country that largely doesn't exist anymore, or who who is at the very least actively trying, seeking to abandon the very themes that that Hong Kong wants to be inspired by, right? Aaron, the amount of skill that it takes for one congressman, Al Green, to turn everything into a racial attack, um, that is that is the best political theater. I mean, it is like watching Tiger Woods with his 
with his with his red polo on, you know, on a Sunday yeah. uh, in his prime. It yep. is it is it is something to behold. And, you know, uh, di- agree or disagree with his politics. You just got to tip your hat to the respect that it takes to uh, or that it uh, the respect to the effort that it takes and the skill that it takes to turn everything into a racial attack. See, I, did, I didn't go cynical with this one, actually, because sometimes a great theater can be death of a salesman, too. It can just be legitimately great. I went with Project Veritas. And what they did to these tech giants and left America media all year long, they absolutely savaged these people. And and the final straw was getting ABC and CBS to coordinate on the firing of a whistleblower who was not even the actual source of the Project Veritas videos blowing the whistle on them. Um, Watching them get caught out in the open, admitting out in the open, what we've all known and suspected had to be the way they've operated all these years. But to see them just admit it out in the open without realizing that they were doing it out in the open was especially delicious. What was the worst political theater, Aaron? Worst political theater is the impeachment hearings uh, by a long shot. Uh, when you're appealing and when you're calling up witnesses who are just entrenched career bureaucrats, I mean, come on, come on, at least lie, like make some really outrageous lies just to make it interesting. But it's just uh, it's just bureaucrats, make it interesting. bureaucrats just droning on and on and on. I can't believe the president they, thinks he gets to set the foreign policy yeah, and not us. Just uh, just, um, you know, j- just the. Just just the airing of grievances every day from the entrenched bureaucrat state, that's not doing anything for me. It's not doing anything for you, for you but it's doing a hell of a lot for the Trump 2020 campaign. Yeah, I'll true. tell you that. All right. Todd. I also believe the worst TED Talk ever, i.e. the impeachment hearings, were, <laughs> worst TED talk were most overrated story of the year. <laughs> Shannon, what's the worst political theater of 2019 for you? For me, it's the Democratic primaries. Uh, it, it really so played out, so scripted. It follows. I mean, you have the one front runner, runner, and then all the other candidates, and they split the vote to everyone else. And you know, Joe Biden. I think you know. I'm, I'm assuming Joe Biden is going to emerge as the winner. And really, it's just. I mean, free health. They're just out freeing each other. <laughs> I mean, they're giving everything away for free. Free college free health care, free food. I mean, it's just um, terrible theater and quite boring to watch as well, which is why I don't. <laughs> I'm, I went to an answer that Shannon gave in another context earlier in the program. Remember when all the MAGA shills came out defending the abandoning of the Kurds in Syria as Trump putting America first, right? We had those conversations, mm-hmm. right? And then like a week later, he made them all look silly by sending yeah. 400% more troops than we had in Northern Syria to yeah. defend Mecca instead. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That Confucius say, man who lie down with dog, wake up with flea. Um, most underreported story of the year, Shannon. Uh, I, I'm going to go with vaccines, uh, child protective services and parental rights. And mainly because this issue and these issues, they're all combined, they're all linked, and they will have uh, the greatest effect on regular families and the condition and the survival of American families than any other issue that I have seen in my career. And this is, uh, you know, these are issues that affect every single American in their homes in terms of their children. 
They touch on uh, your your autonomy, our our liberty, our ability to have a family and to raise our families in the ways that we believe are right and good. And I have never seen an issue like vaccines or CPS be buried in such a way by not only mainstream media outlets, local media outlets. I mean, the amount of of effort that it takes to demonize the groups and the people who are trying to bring light to this is one of the most amazing things I've ever seen. So we need much more reporting on all of those issues. Aaron, uh, it's all the pro-life laws being passed in the various states this year. I mean, that was a that was a banner year for it, it. Who knows what will become of any of them? But it was a banner year for actually accomplishing something on the local or state level as far as the life issue goes, uh, at least in my opinion. And I don't think that got nearly enough run. Todd, I want to echo Shannon briefly. I mean, you and I are Mulder and Scully on this one. So well said, sister. But I'm going with uh, uh, Epstein. It, when the news is just flat out dying as an industry, if you want to, people love this true crime crap and sex sells. And if you you could just re- find investigate this and release like one day after another hints on who the people connected to this might be and mm-hmm. you don't do it. It's remarkable. I have the same answer. It's that clearly Jeffrey Epstein didn't kill himself. And stop and think about the amount of time a major news network, CNN, spent on a down Malaysian airliner. exactly. Compared to (laughs) the worst sex offender in American history. And why? Because of all the elites that he had ties to and the danger that would bring your business model, if not your own life. That's why. That's why. And so... I, I don't know why, therefore, why would we believe they're reporting on virtually anything at this point? Why? Do, do you know when they're telling you the truth and when they're not? Never. No. Because you know why? Because the truth is motivational to, the, to this industry. Meaning it's driven by what your end game motivations are. And it's really hard to know. I mean, we can, we can, we can, we can discern partisan motivations and you know based on people's past but when you start having to read people's motivations you're not the holy spirit that's a very difficult business to get into and so since i can't you know trust my ability to read your mind or what's on your heart i i have to begin with the presumption of you're dishonest then you're, you're not telling me the truth then most overreported story of the year back to you todd uh, that for me is uh, Megan Rapino, and it's just uh, stressed all the more r- recently. The the USA Soccer Player of the Year. She was named the national, the international player of the year. Mm-hmm. The national player of the year isn't even her. It's Julie Ertz, the wife of Zach Ertz, the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, tight end uh she used to be julie johnson she did crazy things like changed her name to be her husband's name they are christians of some stripe now i don't know exactly and they are vocal about it again where that down that road exactly that leads i I don't know but that's not an optic that wants to go international she's not even the best player on her own team yet here we are talking about megan rapino i'm i have the same answer as shannon did in a different category it's nonsense aaron most overreported story is anything in Involving the deep state from conservative media, because when it's obvious nobody is going to be held accountable for their actions, you're wasting your time. Shannon. Amen to that. Uh, impeachment, Russia, 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 collusion, the deep state from both the left wing media and the right wing media. Uh, way, way, way overreported. I went since I thought you guys were going to choose those answers. Um, I went with the, I went with the squad. Um, yeah, I agree. They are they are a symbol of American leftist tropes and should be exposed and defeated 
But some of the ridiculousness has a result of their presence from the AOC college dancing videos. We, we even got busted some on the right peddling fake news about Ilan Omar because the truth's not bad enough. We got to now make stuff up that she's a plant of the, uh, you know, the nation of Qatar from Qatar, formerly known as Qatar. I mean, I, I, to me, we're in, we're, we're like at the squad derangement syndrome stage. Or at least we're getting close to it, okay? Um, the truth about what these people believe is bad enough. We don't have to embellish and make stuff up. It's The truth is its own reward, okay? Um, biggest government waste, Shannon? I would say hundreds of millions of dollars funneled to Planned Parenthood because not only is it a, a waste of taxpayer money, but also... Uh, uh, horrific waste of human life and potential. Also, the hundreds of millions that are still funneled towards uh, the NIH and the CDC and all of the grant money that they are continuing to pass around this country in terms of funding fetal research. It's still happening. And that is one of my frustrations with some of the conservative media who want people to believe that President Trump put a stop to that program. The truth is, uh, they only canceled one contract among, among many. So I think this was my answer last year, but the continued funding of Planned Parenthood and also that that fetal research. That's a great answer. Todd? It pains me to say this, but the recent reporting on the lies told to justify this war, it's Afghanistan. That we're still, mm. we're still there. And the, I mean, blood, not just money, but obviously blood and toil. Got to keep the heroin flowing, Todd. Aaron. Yeah, I would say it's all of the monuments in Washington, D.C., because uh, it's uh, very apparent now at this uh, any any money going to the upkeep of monuments in Washington, D.C., because it's very apparent that uh, it doesn't matter or <clears throat> people don't care about our nation's history and or founding. Well, that's coming off the top rope. Yikes. Those are all three good answers. I just went with the Mueller report. I mean, two years of I mean, what a just a complete waste of, of everybody's time. The entire thing was. And, and the fact that the guy who wrote it, allegedly, had to be dragged kicking and screaming to come out and give testimony about it and wanted a press conference with a 15-minute statement with no questions where he could just walk away uh, and, and return to his own private Idaho, I think, speaks volumes because that was his own work. And he didn't really care much about what was, what was the impact of it. The best government money spent, Shannon. I thought about this one long and hard and very long, and I couldn't come up with a damn thing, to be honest. <laughs> that's, I, that's the most meta Shannon Joy thing ever. <laughs> not one. Not nothing. I mean, because even the good things, once you peel back the onion a little bit and you find out what their true intentions were, then you realize that even the the money that you think is being spent well mm -hmm. really had a larger progressive motive that kicks in in five years or 10 years and then they just suck you in so i not a damn thing this, this <laughs> is her version of pleading the fifth you no, i will not plead guilty on this no i, I will not self-incriminate by saying there's any good money spent yeah. on government ever perfect i love it that's her version of how dare you <laughs> yes. uh, even asked me something like that aaron space force because why the hell not so dumb todd i mean no way sure about this yes be yet because of this we've just learned about this we get we absolutely have to get in the weeds on this but it could be it could be tariffs 
I've told you all along, forget the broad philosophical economic utility. It, it was never that for Donald Trump. And if you you have not been paying attention, it was high stakes poker all along. And if he really got this trade deal through this, it's about an ROI. It could end up being terrorists. Well, let's see the details first. That's what but I said. I'm, I'm right open to I want to see the details first. I agree. Okay. I agree. Uh, my best government money spent is also the Mueller report. It is, I mean, it's the only time I can think of government actually created jobs and careers legitimately. <laughs> I mean, I mean, the amount of, of, of and, and of course, unfortunately, it's in the two most hated industries in America, lawyers and media, but the amount of careers that were made as a result of this, I mean, this is, this is, this is, this has been a growth industry. Recognize. Um, boldest political tactic, Todd. Hey, it's two for two in Virginia and in Canada. Blackface. Yeah. It's a winner. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yep. Oh, my. Never would have thought. Oh, my. You know some GOP consultant right now is thinking that right now as we speak. Shannon, boldest political tactic. Justin Amash, uh, leaving the Republican Party, going independent. The man is on an island. And I think it took a lot of courage, and I'm interested to see where he's going to go from here. Okay, it'll. It's a. It, I know this. I know his district very well. It'll be fascinating because he has served that district well. But it's a hard Republican identity district at the same time. Aaron trying to impre- impeach a president for doing his job. I'm going to go with Joker director Todd Phillips, who took aim at online social justice warriors to sell his movie. The, the very people. That most of Hollywood is afraid of offending. So Chris Pratt has to apologize for using a single-use water bottle. Uh, uh, What's-her-face Scarlett Johansson has to apologize for taking on a trans role when she's not trans. The lesbian woman who plays Batwoman has to apologize for not being a Jewish lesbian or whatever uh, the character is supposed to be. This is the ridiculousness of of, 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 of this group, right? And not only does the Joker, did, did Todd Phillips just not ignore them? Dude dropped bombs on, on this. And he did it like in the, one of the most leftist publications of them all, Vanity Fair. All right. So he takes aim at social justice warriors and cancel culture to sell his movie. And he does it affirmatively. Like he, he volunteers to go after these people. And the end result was one of the most profitable films in recent movie history when you look at the budget for the movie and then what it made domestic. I think it's also the second most profitable R-rated film of all time next to The Passion. And it also happens to show, by the way, what what occurs when social justice warrior mobs and cancel culture, uh, what happens when they get their way. That's what the movie's actually about, in a way, in the end. And that scene where... Joaquin Phoenix looks at Robert De Niro and says, Marty, I don't believe in anything. Perfect. I just wanted to stand up like that Shia LaBeouf gif in the theater. I wanted to stand up right there and do that. That was nailing it right there. We'll come back. We've got our final few propositions looking back on the year in review the dace group roundtable 2019 best of and worst next so that the world may know this is steve dace 
All right, we've got 20 minutes to go, and we got to finish up here as our part one of our year in review as we do this every year to close out our broadcast schedule here on the Steve Day Show. And part one is our special year in review, Dace Group, our good friend Shannon Joy joining us here on the Steve Day Show along with myself, Todders, and Aaron McIntyre. we got to do these semi-rapid fire to get to the end. You guys ready to go? Yeah. Yep. All right, Aaron, worst hey. political scandal of 2019. Hunter Biden. I don't think I need to say anything else. The dude has serious issues. Um, and, and I'm saying that seriously now. I, I'm not making fun of it. But the dude has some real issues. But they were aided and abetted by it, uh, by all intents and purposes by his dad. He used his political office to aid and abet his issues. Shannon, go. The the Epstein scandal to me that really the the vast nature of it, it touches both political parties, high, high level political operatives in Democrat Party and the Republican Party. Todd, the deep state's coup against Donald Trump. Mine is that Trump has to be impeached because getting and seeking evidence of corruption is an impeachable offense if the corruptocrat happens to be running for office against you. There it is. If he's not, though, then it's okay. Best idea, Shannon. I like what Daniel Horowitz has been saying about going local. The idea that Washington, D.C. is broken. The party is a unibrow. There is no difference between the Republican and Democrat parties. And uh, we can either continue down that path and lose and be Charlie Brown with the football and Lucy, or we can start to fight in a different way from the bottom up, from the inside out, going local, because that's where I think the, the battle is going to be. Todd. Best idea? Uh, Biden is just now starting to hit on it, promising that he's going to be a one-term president paired with the right VP candidate. People are desperate enough that if, if he's like basically takes a blood oath, I promise, I know I'm going insane right now. I'm very, very old, but only four years, people will jump on that. Aaron, banning porn. The time heist that saved the MCU from Thanos. I thought that was a great idea. Worst idea, Todd. Um, that's uh, porn that 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 is somehow the, the bottom line of conservatism just dreadful shannon Terrafaxes because we know that china is never going to pay and the only reason we have a trade war is so that trump can pay for his tax cuts in 2017 aaron continuing a trade war with china this new trend on the right to attack democrats from the left on crime and punishment So celebrating Tulsi Gabbard pointing out Kamala Harris put too many criminals behind bars and even at the Trump campaign attacking Democrats like Kamala from the left as being too tough on crime. That was my worst idea of 2019. Shannon, back to you for sorry to see you go. Uh, Chick-fil-A's family values. That's good. Aaron? Iron Man. That's good, too. Todd? The uh, combination of the Avengers and Star Wars, both this year, the the last, whether they're good or they're bad, it, the fun that's part of it, and now we're realizing we're not kids anymore, and we're forty seven, and we're mm-hmm. saying goodbye to these things. That's uh, there's a little melancholy in that. Yeah, along those lines, I, I went with Peter Mayhew. Uh, Hmm. might be the most famous actor you've never heard of or couldn't pick out of a police lineup uh, unless you're in a nerd culture. He played the iconic role of Chewbacca for 40 years before he passed away in April uh, just as he was finishing his shooting uh, for uh, the the, the most recent movie coming out next week and just a few weeks shy of his 75th birthday. That was kind of a you know, a, a, a passing of the torch mm-hmm. and along the respects of what you're talking about. 15 minutes of fame. Who needs to have it expire? Shannon. Greta Thunberg, because no one likes to be lectured by a 12-year-old, and so she's out. Todd. Jesse Smollett. I mean, he just nailed it. 
Aaron. I, I, I took a look back at this, and I think it was uh, E. Jean Carroll had probably the most notable 15 minutes. Who is that? Exactly. <laughs> she was the random person who came out in the middle of the summer and said, yeah, Trump uh, assaulted me in a store. Oh, yeah. She was on oh, all and of that, the and, then, and her follow-up interview with Anderson Cooper talked about yeah. how, well, everybody yep. has rape fantasies, and yeah. then she suddenly disappeared after That's that. That's perfect. Yes. Yeah, I went with Megan Rapino. Absolutely insufferable. I mean, I, I am telling you right now, you listen to, you have to be, you are forced to listen to Megan Rapino lectures in a basement in Pyongyang as part of their torture program at North Korea. All right. Insufferable. Best spin, Aaron. Uh, drag queen story hour is the price of freedom. There you go. French derangement syndrome lives. There you Todd. go. Yeah. Tulsi of herself. I mean, she is just perfect. She's not running again for Congress. She didn't. T- she's just using this to promote herself, her future, her brand. And then once she realized that she kind of had the eye. I don't think she knew like pe- people would think she was that pretty. But once they did, she started doing exercise videos. She's perfectly played this. Shannon, best spin. Uh, and Tulsi yeah, Gabbard think- is hot. Go ahead. Yeah. She was prettier than I thought. I, I had never even heard of her, and I watched a little bit of the debate. And I'm like, oh, she's pretty. Anyway, sorry. The fake pull out of Syria is the best spin. Adam, was- I went with Adam Schiff looking into the camera and saying he didn't know the identity of the whistleblower, and then a week later saying he wasn't sure where he stood on impeachment. Just oh, absolute brazen chutzpah. Respect. Hate the game, not the player. All right. Aaron, most honest. The Canadian trans uh, athlete to dude who uh, says competing uh, dudes who feel pretty competing against female uh, athletes is a proxy for a broader cultural fight. Uh, That dude who feels pretty boy points for the honesty to that guy. Shannon, most honest. Second one for Justin Amash. I think in order to be honestly conservative and honestly uh, constitutional, you have to separate yourself to some degree from President Trump. And he's done that. I think it was very honest. He was at the White House yesterday, by the way, with my buddy Chip Roy. Todd. Uh, uh, Bernie Sanders, his followers and his polling. I mean, yeah, we're socialists and we're dying on this hill. I mean, it is remarkable how much of a fixture they are. They will not go away. I went with the unplanned movie, which showed millions of people for the first Mm. time what truly goes on behind the doors at Planned Parenthood and who Planned Parenthood really is. Most overrated, Todd. Kamala asked and answered, isn't it? Uh, we, we have an agreement, a gentleman's agreement on this show. That is, that's never to be addressed again. Well, it's okay. the end of your show. I mean, it's just, yes. it's, it just seems like the only answer. It didn't happen. It didn't happen. Shannon. I have to go with Matt Gates and his real Green Deal and, and progressive policy initiatives. I think that the idea that he's the next conservative darling is ridiculous. Aaron. Uh, most overrated is Donald Trump. I went with the there's value in exposing the deep state trope uh, that here on the right. Who the hell cares about exposing these people only to see none of them go to jail, held accountable uh, and the welfare administrative state fully funded. And these guys just get book deals and, you know, live on national television. Who the, who the hell cares about exposing them? I mean, what are you, their agent? I mean, I don't, I don't want to expose. I want to arrest them. I don't want to expose them. I want them arrested. Okay. Most underrated, Aaron. Uh, Donald Trump. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Shannon. 
Uh, Kim Kardashian. So she has, just because she's considered to be a, a celebrity, a reality star, but she has dipped her toe into pretty serious and pretty expansive policy and, and legislation this year. She is working on getting her law degree. And I think that we are going to see more politics in her future. Todd. Uh, I'm in trust, but verify territory on this, just like I was tariffs, but uh, Zuckerberg. You know, if, if guys like him end up holding the line on on, on speech, I mean, really, I, I mean, what he's 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 actually been way more resilient than I would have ever thought possible. If I would have gone back to January and told you, Kanye West, yeah, I know, is our apostle, and Mark Zuckerberg is the last line, I know, on social media freedom, you would have said what? Get thee to a nunnery. It's not. These yeah. are the time. Listen to the crazy voices in your head, man. Um, I went with what Tony Bennett did with Virginia basketball. I mean, a year ago, he was um, the coach of the most one of the most embarrassing losses in the history of American team sport. This is another great answer. And That's... to come back the very next year with almost really the exact same team, frankly, and win the NCAA tournament. And the way he handled himself with the same amount of class and dignity, both in defeat and in title uh, championship, I mean, just uh, that's that's underrated uh, in our culture today, and and we need far more of it. What's your big New Year's resolution? We got to get quick. We got ten minutes. Aaron, uh, I'm engaged, so there's going to be a wedding soon. So my New Year's resolution is to be a great husband. Nice, Todd. That's Dest- very nice. Destroy transgenderism and every notion affiliated and every apologist of it as somehow being the price of freedom. That's that's very nice too. Thank you. I like that one too, <laughs> Shannon. Uh, less coverage on Trump. I think he's a distraction. So I'm going to try to address um, Trump issues more sparingly in the future. Uh, for me, it's to not let our show get swallowed up next year by what is probably destined to be the silliest presidential election we have ever had. Of course, we have to cover it. And we will do so extensively. That's part of our prime directive on the show. But I want to make sure that it doesn't swallow up and it's not done at the expense of our focus on worldview. Capitalist of the year, Shannon. I'm going to go with Mark Zuckerberg. Uh, He has learned the game. Uh, Get the meeting with Trump and uh, then you're all good. So Mark Zuckerberg. Aaron, what do you think? Uh, James Comey is the capitalist of the year. (laughs) That's well played. Todd. The NCAA athletes are about to get paid. That's well played as well. I went with Disney. Have you seen the list of the highest grossing films of the year? This is the greatest year any movie studio has ever had. All right. And and then they've uh, the launch of Disney Plus and the shot across the streaming bow that that has sent. I mean, this have a year, man. Have a year. And it wasn't like they were hurting for money before. Your person of the year, Shannon. People annoy me this year, so I'm going with Conan the dog. <laughs> People annoy me. Nice, Aaron. You can now. Now we've now we're caught up on time, so you may extrapolate a little bit further if you would like. Well, there's only one person I think who has uh, really affected, and I think this has been my person of the year every year so far, if I'm not mistaken. But there's one person behind every single story about the death of the West and and every single front that we confront on a day to day basis here on this show and and elsewhere. And and this one person has had this plan, this Machiavellian plan, spelled out for decades, and it's just working masterfully. It's probably working even better. In fact, even more insultingly than he even anticipated it happening. And I, of course, am talking about Lord Nefarious. 
Very wet. Very nice. Very nice. Todd. This is related to my New Year's resolution. The person of the year is the Yanov Wax My Balls guy. That I mean, Are the, you kidding me? Uh, he's the... <laughs> We, he's a perfect, perfect poster Maybe. child for the, the, the our time. You Maybe that should have been capitalist of the year. You talked about Noah Webster and reading the definitions of what w- multiple words were, and look at where we. Are. That guy can his claims instead of being put in yeah. a rubber room. He went to court with. He got into court with them. My person of the year, I kid you not, is Jessica Yanov. I have the same, oh, exact same answer. Oh my gosh. I have the exact That's same answer. That's why you said I used The Canadian this. wax my balls bigot guy. Uh, he and his sadly untreated psychosis are are really the symbol for both the year we just had and the issues that we are, the silly, ridiculous, psychosis-driven issues we are forced to address, as well as the spirit of the current age we are in. A dude who wonders why women at a female salon don't want to shave his balls, while gynecologists refuse, and why gynecologists refuse to treat him. They treat him for what? They cannot treat him. There's nothing to treat him with, okay? Who also apparently spends too much time with his mom. Yep. Is a freaking logo, man. He is the logo for 2019. And the era in which we live. Are you kidding me? Wait a moment there. He is the Nike freaking swoosh. Our minds are becoming one. Okay. Uh, As are all the lost souls that respond to his psychotic Twitter ramblings with their social justice sympathy. He is the crowd outside Lot's house incarnate. Incarnate. Lot mob with us. That's who Jessica Yanov is. Your big prediction for the year. Todd, uh, I've predicted this before. Uh, Trump's campaign, similar to Boris Johnson and making the main thing, the main thing, at least in his mind, he is going to engage in an official libel lawsuit against big names within media. And he's just going to that the prosecution of that is going to be the main plank of his campaign. Hmm. Hmm. All right, Aaron, I think. Somehow, some way, we are going to see, start to see the first true signs of revival. Now, I don't know exactly how that, that that's going to play out, and I'm being really optimistic here. Dude but found I think, a woman marry, willing to marry him, and now all of a sudden he wants to get all optimistic You on know us. what? I, I'm going to start breaking down and, and speaking in tongues here in, in a minute. Um, <laughs> no, I think, I think that we will. Um, now, it might not look the way that you think it'll look. It might not look actually pretty, or it might not even look like something that's necessarily good, but I think we are going to start to see those signs in the coming years. Hmm. Well, let's hope that happens. Shannon, your one big prediction for 2020. I think this has already been decided. It's a fait accompli, but Donald Trump will win the presidency in 2020. Uh, I agree with you. And um, I think... It could be by a margin I would have not predicted a year or so ago based on the way things are trending right now. Um, But that leads to my big prediction for the year, however. See, I don't think the people that brought you Brett Kavanaugh and Ukrainian phone calls and Russian collusion and P-tapes, I don't think you, you go this far. Only to pull back now. Agreed. I don't. I don't. I don't think you suddenly discover the word restraint in your thesor- in your dictionary. Okay, where you're also looking up what the Q and LGBTQ means. I don't. I don't. I don't think you just suddenly stumble upon that. So I think once this current impeachment farce ends with Trump winning a Senate trial, 
I think you're going to see the swamp, deep state, whatever term du jour we're using that's been focus group that we like now. Um, I, I think you're going to see them going to overdrive to stop him from winning re-election. I think, what will that entail? I'll give you some specifics. Um, I think next year we are going to be inundated with unprecedented intelligence leaks. Unprecedented. I mean, we're going to, we're going to put wiki, I think, I think you're going to see the intelligence community put WikiLeaks out of business. Burning the village to save it is what I think you're going to see. Um, I think you'll see things that will even risk national security. Um, anything. Anything that can be used as raw material to embarrass uh, or damage Trump, I think they will come forth with. And then on the domestic side, I think you will see some provocative move, especially if he gets, if, if Todd is right and he makes some, some, some form of favorable trade deal with China, which I am still highly skeptical of. But let's say you're right. That would only make this next part of this prediction even more likely to occur. I think you're going to see the Federal Reserve raise rates and do whatever it can possibly do to try and tank the economy. I think you're going to see the system that tried to do this subtly and, and, and well, its version of subtle and politely its version of politely. Uh, and I think they tried to phantom menace this thing. And I think Shiv Palpatine is about to come out. That's what I think. I, I, I think, I think, I think I am the Senate. Okay. We're going to go from, well, young Anakin, we'll be watching your career with, with much interest. We're going to go from that to, I am the Senate. I think that's where we're going next. And I think, I, I just, I don't believe, and if you're killing Jeffrey Epstein in broad daylight, I, I just, I just don't believe you just suddenly decide, guys, we, we gave it the old college try. And I guess we're just going to let the people decide. Not after they just saw the people in the far more leftist and secular pagan UK put the Labour Party at its lowest representation since 1924 because they basically nominated Bernie Sanders for prime minister. No, 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 no. They're not going to take any chances. The people can't be trusted. They've made that pretty clear now. And I think whatever we thought these people were before, you're going you're gonna to get um, a, a different ring at level of hell, I think, next year is what's coming next. Open Anybody? war is upon you whether think, you wish it or not. Yeah, I think the gates of Mordor will open is what I think. Agreed. Shannon, it's always a pleasure to have you with the show, even when you frustrate me or the audience or yourself. Hopefully, you, you hopefully have a great Christmas. Uh, tell your family, thank you for letting us borrow you uh, throughout the course of 2019. And we look forward to seeing you next year as well. All right. Happy New Year. Merry Christmas. Thank you to all of you. I enjoy my time with you guys, and I'm very thankful for you. So merry, merry, merry Christmas. You bet. You bet. Gentlemen, we've got part two coming up tomorrow. Uh, it's our final broadcast day of the year. We will look back at the top 10 news stories of the year selected by the two of you, which I will react to and see in real time. And then we'll go back and look at uh, the crystal ball I put out at the first day broadcast day of 2019, predicting what I thought would be 10 major storylines of the year. We'll go back and look at that and see how accurate it was. And we'll close out by hearing from you with feed one more feedback Friday before we say Merry Christmas and Happy New Year for 2019 to the rest of you as well. Thank you very much for joining us here on the year-end Dace Group Roundtable. Back at it again tomorrow. Until then, John 317. This is Steve Dace. On the Blaze Radio Network.